Welcome to the Root of Power podcast, where I teach you how to chase your joy, find alignment, and create a life and a business that you love using actionable methods, interviews, and inspiring stories from people who know that true freedom is found within. I'm your host, your always hype woman and sometimes ass kicker, Amanda Chills, and I am so proud of you for choosing to step into your power. Come along, we've got dreams to build. Welcome to this week's episode where we are going to talk about one of my favorite things to teach clients because it gives them so much freedom. Let me just adjust the light here. It gives them so much freedom. So we are going to talk today about challenging limiting beliefs and toxic thought patterns. So I more often say unhelpful thought patterns than I do toxic thought patterns. Well, one, because I think it's nicer and two, because things are only toxic in context. Um, and I think toxic gets thrown around a lot. So I don't super love that. I don't super love that word anyway. So we're going to say unhelpful thoughts, but it's titled toxic thoughts more so because more people search toxic. So there's a little peek into how I title, (laughs) how I title episodes. Um, So we're going to talk today about challenging those thoughts. Now, when I start working with clients on this, they actually, really all of them are very confused because what people are taught, what people are told is that you can control your thoughts and you can control your beliefs and you should be able to control your thoughts. And that is not true. That's not true at all. You actually cannot control your thoughts. And then the next thing they say is, but I should be able to control my emotions. And that's also not true. We can shift emotions. We can feel emotions, but we can't control them. Just like you cannot control your first thought. So a lot of people will say, oh my God, I'm a horrible person. My if you're struggling with getting pregnant and a friend tells you they're pregnant, you're just like, fuck you as your first thought. Then they think they're a horrible person and they're just the worst and they hate their friend and then they beat themselves up. And that's not, that's not true. We can't control our first thought. We can control how we respond to it and we can challenge our thoughts. We can challenge our beliefs and we're going to get into that. But first I want to tell you about a thing that I made for you for free that I want you to have one because it's helpful and I I want you to live the life of your dreams that's literally the entire point of this podcast is that you step into your power the root of power by the way is you your heart and you step into that and get the life that you want so in order to do that we have to know what the hell we even stand for what we value, who we are. Now, in order to do that, again, we have to know our values. But most people are never like, huh, what do I value in life? Okay, well, this exercise is going to help you do it. It's called confused to clear. So we are going to get clear on our values. We're going to get clear on what is meaningful for us. We're going to get clear on what we give a damn about. And it's free. It's free for you because I love you and because I want you to be happy. That's the whole point, right? So you can get it at livemyhappyhealth.com slash get clarity. Go get it. It's free. You're welcome. Pause this. Go get it. Download it. And then come back. And I want to tell you about the group coaching container that I have called Becoming Light, where you are going to learn how to shed and put down all the toxic 
all the toxic BS that you are carrying that people have given to you that was never yours to carry, the burden of being out of alignment, the heaviness of not being where you want to be in life, of not having relationships that are supportive, of um, just not feeling jazzed about your life. Like all that is so heavy. And the group coaching container runs for 12 weeks. You get a course uploaded every week. We're going to have some special guests that are so fun. We are going to have a group coaching call every single week where you get personalized coaching by me. So if you want to work with me, this is quite literally the only way to do it, unless you are one of my therapy clients, in which case, obviously you are working with me in therapy. Um, but if you want me as a coach, this is, this is it. This is the only way I only run it twice a year. We cap it at 12 people and the waitlist gets first dibs. So you can sign up for the waitlist. And if you sign up for the waitlist and you decide not to do it, no biggie. Uh, livemyhappyhealth.com slash waitlist. So go get that if that's something you're interested in as well. Even if you're like 20% interested, I'm going to send out some emails and you'll see the, you'll see, um, the page where it describes everything and then you'll get more clarity on if it's for you or not. And if it is again, just unsubscribe, no big deal. Okay. So thought challenging, belief challenging. Well, one, so there's a few things I need you to understand in order to do this work is that you cannot control your first thought. You can't, there's 0% chance that that is real. A lot of people think they can, so then they stress out about how they're a bad person. They think these things on purpose and it means they're terrible and it doesn't. You are human. We all have really mean, cruel, negative thoughts. What matters is what we do with them. And we don't want to feed them. We don't want to get ourselves into a spiral where because we think one mean thing or one judgmental thing or one unhelpful thing one self-limiting thing that that's our reality. But to people that don't understand that you actually have the power to challenge your thoughts and to change your thought patterns, they get stuck because they don't understand that like you, you choose which thoughts you pay attention to because you are not your thoughts. You are the person behind your thoughts. Which means that you choose which thoughts to feed and which thoughts to starve. Now, because the brain is plastic, not plastic like a Barbie doll or a dinosaur, but plastic as in malleable, it is a muscle. So just like any muscle, the more you work it, the more reps you do of a certain exercise, the stronger those associations grow. So if you deadlift a lot, with correct form, you're going to get quite good at lifting heavy weights via a deadlift. When you practice challenging your thought patterns and building new beliefs and saying and repeating new beliefs and repeating new thought patterns, you're going to get quite good at those thought patterns. So we have to understand that one, you are the person behind your thoughts. You are not your thoughts. Your thoughts and your beliefs are not gospel. They are not gospel. We all think they are. They're not. So you are the person behind them, which means you choose which thoughts to pay attention to. Now, the trick is to challenge the thoughts that are unhelpful, challenge the beliefs that are unhelpful and only pay attention to the ones that are helpful. You'll notice that I didn't say true, I said helpful. Now this is a process in action and commitment therapy called diffusion. 
So we're going to unhook from unhelpful thoughts. We're going to starve them. We're going to not pay attention to them. And we're going to pay attention to things that are helpful. So if your unhelpful thought is, I cannot start a podcast because nobody cares what I have to say. Maybe nobody does. I don't know. You're listening to this. So here we are. A more helpful thought is, I can start a podcast and eventually people will listen. Or maybe they won't. And that's okay too. So we want to starve, not pay attention to, disregard unhelpful thoughts. We want to challenge them when we need to challenge them. Some are just not worth listening to. We'll talk about how to tell. And we want to only pay attention to and implant helpful thoughts. Not always positive thoughts, helpful thoughts. So we want to do that. Now, why do we want to do that? Well, because our thoughts create our life. What we think becomes an action, becomes a pattern, becomes a habit, becomes our life. If you think that no one will ever love you or you'll always be alone, you will avoid people who do love you. You will avoid relationships with people who could love you. And then you prove that thought right. So we are always in a pattern of proving our thoughts right. If you think you're going to fail a test and you obsess over failing a test, you're going to fail the test because you're going to be so stressed out. You can't actually do the work. If you tell yourself every day that um, you, you could never be one of those people that wakes up early, you could never be one of those people who has a morning routine. Well, you're, you're going to prove yourself right because it's pretty hard to say, I'll never be someone who has a morning routine or wakes up early and goes to the gym and then be the person who wakes up early and goes to the gym. Like a more helpful thought is this is hard, but I'm doing it. I'm working on being the person who gets up in the morning and goes to the gym. But if you spend all of your waking hours saying, I'm not this person, I can't do it. Oh. <laughs> you're right because you're going to make yourself right. So we become, our thoughts become a self-fulfilling prophecy if we don't challenge them, if we don't implant new ones. And again, because your brain is plastic, because your brain is malleable, because we can make new connections, which is why we can learn things. This is literally just a skill to learn. Then we can build new associations. We can build new patterns, but we have to understand that you are not your thoughts. You are the person behind your thoughts. Your brain is malleable and it's just a skill. Okay? Just a skill. So where do our thoughts come from? If you're like, yeah, but Amanda, every thought I think is negative. Every thought I think is unhelpful. Well, first of all, kudos to you for even recognizing that they're negative and unhelpful. Like that awareness. That's where it starts, friend, is beautiful, beautiful, like, um, like, like a really good chocolate cake is beautiful. You know what I mean? If you don't like chocolate cake, get off my podcast because chocolate cake is bomb. So our thoughts are given to us, right, by our upbringing. Think about how your family spoke about other people. How did they speak about themselves? How did they talk about money? How did they talk about rich people? How do they talk about opportunities? How do they talk about things that happen? How did they talk about situations that change? Right? You probably adopted a lot of those same thoughts from your caretakers or whoever you spend a lot of time with. That's why over time, as we spend time with people, we, we become more like them. Like humans are so adaptable. We will adopt their thoughts, especially when you're a child, you're just like a sponge, just taking everything in. And you don't question it, right? If, you, if your parents tell you Santa Claus exists, you're like, of course Santa Claus exists. 
you have to be taught differently, but you automatically believe anything your caregivers say because you're a child and you depend on them for your life. So if they implant self-limiting beliefs and every everything is terrible and change is bad and change is scary and I'll never be happy and everybody hates their job and everybody hates everything and relationships are never good and people only hurt you and you can't do anything. I have to do it for you. I have to save you. I have to protect you. Um, well, what do you think you're going to think as an adult? Right. If you grow up in a house that speaks Spanish, you're going to speak Spanish as an adult. If you grow up in a house that speaks scarcity and fear and anxiety and better watch out, um, you're going to speak that as an adult. Those become your soundtrack. They become your thoughts. The way that your upbringing was affects your thoughts. Culture affects it. Um, I can't tell you how many people I work with who have really unhelpful beliefs rooted in culture. Um, why are heterosexual men often uncomfortable if their female partner makes more money? Because they believe that they should be the breadwinner, which isn't necessarily true. It's a made up rule. Who gives a shit? Um, we just, we get a lot of thoughts from culture. So if you're questioning your beliefs, why do you believe that you have to be thin and pretty and tan to be attractive? Well, because culture pushes that. Why do you believe that aging is terrible? Because culture pushes that. So examine your beliefs, right? So that brings us into our first uh, step. <laughs> it's like on my paper and I forgot it. That brings us to our first step, awareness. We have to be aware that we are not our thoughts. I know I've said it multiple times. I'm saying it again. We have to literally just witness our thoughts. That's what we have to do. So step one is just practice. Again, all of these things are just a practice. Practice being aware of what you're thinking. Now we want to do this. Here's the real trick to this. We want to do it without judging ourselves, without shaming ourselves, without beating ourselves up, without deciding that we're a shitbag of a human being. Just Watch where your thoughts go when things happen. For example, I was driving. <laughs> that sounds really funny. I was driving home last night um, and there was something happening on the road that I live on. Like the road was closed. I didn't know why. I couldn't see if it was an accident. I couldn't see if whatever. And I texted um, David, my boyfriend, who I live with. And I said, hey, there's something happening on the road. I don't really know what's, I don't know what's going on. Um, <laughs> and this was bananas to me. He texted me back and he said, are you okay? Lock your doors. And I was like, what? <laughs> I, I don't understand how we got there. I don't understand. Now, David grew up with, in an anxious family. Um, uh, my family was very laissez-faire, clearly not anxious. Um, so he grew up in a very anxious family and I called him and I was laughing and I was like, what are you talking about? Like, how did you even get there? How did you get to like, are you okay? Lock your doors. And he was like, well, I'm sorry for caring about you. And I was like, okay, that's not what I'm talking about. But I was like, how do you get to like lock your doors when what's probably happening is there is just an accident and they haven't cleared it yet. And he was like, well, I didn't know. Maybe it was an escaped convict. And I was like, what? The, what? Like, how do you go there, right? But if your upbringing was anxious, if your upbringing was worst case scenario, that's automatically where your brain is going to go because that's what you grew up in. So we want to watch our thoughts. 
That is step number one. Then step number two is I want you to ask yourself any of these questions that fit the scenario. Have I had experiences that show that this thought is not completely true at all times? So if you have a thought that's like, well, you never do this or you always do this. Nothing ever works out for me. I'm always last. Nice guys always finish last. I'm never chosen. Okay, boo. Um, I need you to ask yourself that question. Have you, have I had any experiences that show this thought is not completely true all of the time? Okay, the answer is going to be yes. The answer is going to be yes, you had experiences that show that this thought is not completely true. Something at some point has worked out for you. So then you saying nothing ever works out for me is dramatic and untrue. So we want to challenge that. Another good question is, when I'm not feeling this way, how might I think about the situation differently? If you are already in a bad mood and somebody cuts you off in traffic, it's going to be a bigger deal because you're in a bad mood. If you're in a good mood and somebody cuts you off, you can probably be like, yeah, yeah, like whatever. Eh, maybe, you, maybe you're just a bad driver. Who knows? But if, so, if you're in a bad mood and somebody cuts you off, you're like, I'm going to kill you and run you off the road. Oh, no. No, friend, they're not, they're not good. But it was amplified by your mood, right? So we want to say, when I'm not feeling this way, would I think about this differently? If I'm already in a bad mood and somebody says something sideways to me, I'm like immediately waking up and choosing violence. I'm like, oh, bitch, we going to fight. I'm going to die on this hill. You know what this hill is? Your body. So when you're not feeling this way, would you have the same perspective? Are you jumping to conclusions that are not justified by evidence? Example A, David last night. Why was he telling me to lock my doors? <laughs> there was no escaped convict. We hadn't heard about escaped convicts on the news. Like, So he jumped to a conclusion and wigged himself out when he could have just been like, oh, word, okay, well, I'll see you when you get home. No big deal. Are you jumping to conclusions? A lot of us jump to conclusions because we grew up in environments that weren't very clear or we weren't given enough information. And this can even be something as simple as like, well, why can't I do this? And someone says, because I said so. Well, that's not really a lot of information. So if you grew up in a household that didn't communicate very well, or if you have a history of trauma, your brain is going to try and keep you safe by filling in information. And because your brain is going to try and keep you safe, it's going to jump to the worst case scenario. Because if you can plan for, in quotes, the worst case scenario, you can plan for anything that is not the worst case scenario. So are you jumping to conclusions? If someone who loved you knew you were thinking this thought, what would they say to me about this thought? So if... Um, Let's say, for example, uh, let's say, for example, I text David. You text your partner and you say, hey, um, what do you think about going on a date Friday night? And they just forget to answer that day. And you see them that night and they don't mention it. And you decide that they hate you and they want to break up with you and they don't ever, they're embarrassed to go out with you in public and your relationship is going to end. If you send all those thoughts to a friend, who likes you. <laughs> don't say it to a friend who doesn't like you. Although, why would you have friends who don't like you? So if you say it to a friend who, who likes you and you say, I'm thinking all these things, what would they say? Would they be like, um, that seems unrealistic? 
That seems a little extreme. Okay, cool. Then we want to challenge that thought. How might someone else view this situation if it were happening to them? Now, we want to pick someone who's level-headed. We don't want to pick someone who's like, who will escalate easily. So pick someone who's level-headed. Think of someone who's calm and say, well, how might they think about the situation? If they were an outsider, if I were an outsider, what would I think about the situation? And here's another good one. What happened last time I was worried about this? Now, if you're worried it's going to rain and you bring a coat, well, super legit. We don't really need to challenge that belief. If you're worried that um, next time you go to take a test, you're going to fail it, but you get 90s on all of your tests, then that's not really one that we need to feed because it's not very true or very helpful. Do you know if this thought is factually true or do you just feel like it's true. If you say, I feel like a failure is different than I'm literally failing. I feel like I'm going to fail this test versus I failed this test, or I feel like you don't like me. And that person has never said out of their mouth, I don't like you. So we want to make sure that we have actual real evidence for things, not just our feelings. Sometimes our feelings can be trusted. Sometimes they cannot. So we need to discern when. If this thought was factually true, what's the worst thing that happens? What would you do then? So this is one that I actually take people through. And I'll give you a good example. So uh, when people want to start a business, it's scary, right? Like there's a lot of things that could go wrong. Just like any big change. And I tell them, okay, well, what's the worst thing that happens? And they would say, all of them say, well, the, I would fail. The business would fail. And I say, okay, then what? And they say, well, I, I, would, I would owe a bunch of money. And I say, okay, then what? Well, I, I, would have to, I would have to get a job and I would have to pay the money back. And I'm like, okay, so you would just get a job. Okay, that's the same position you're in now, except that you'll owe money. Um, <laughs> okay, so we just solved the problem. You would get a job. What happens if they break up with you? Well, I, I would have to, uh, I would be sad. Okay, yeah, like you would be sad. And then what? Well, I, I would have to find a place to live. Okay, cool. So you would, you would find a place to live. I would, I would have to maybe get another job to pay all my expenses. Okay, yeah, maybe you would have to get another job to pay all your expenses. So this is um, something Tim Ferriss does really well, actually, in his book, 4-Hour Workweek. Um, which if you haven't read is fabulous, but I call it doomsday planning. So like, let's go to the worst case scenario. Let's go to doomsday and then just plan for it. And what you'll find and what all of my clients find is that it, everything is problem solvable. Like literally everything is problem solvable short of like dying. But if you're dead, you have no problems. So then it's other people's problems and they have to solve the problem. So don't die, you know, don't die. But Outside of death, like literally everything is problem solvable. So you can just find a solution and it is okay. Um, is this the only way to think about this? What are some other ways? So is this, is it true that this is devastating? Is it true that it's going to be horrible? Or is it just going to be hard? Are you depressed or are you sad? What are other ways to think about this? That's important too. And our last one is, does this thought help me get what I want? 
or is it keeping me stuck? Now here is where helpful or unhelpful come in. If a thought is factually true, but it doesn't help you get the life you want, we degaff about it, Mumford. Like we don't care. We don't care about thoughts that are factually true but they don't help you get the life you want. So back to the entrepreneur example, like 50%, 90, I don't know, it's a really big statistic. Like many more businesses fail in the first three years than succeed. That is a fact. You can look at statistics and that is a fact, but that ain't gonna help you start a business. Okay, that is not gonna give you confidence. So it's not very helpful. If you think every relationship I've been in has not been good, so this one will be terrible. One, is that factually true? We don't know yet. Two, if that's not helpful, why are we feeding it, right? What you feed grows. What you pay attention to stays. The more that you walk this path in your noggin, in your brain, the stronger the associations become. So we want to starve, unhook from, not pay attention to, release the thoughts that are not helpful. I don't care if they're true or not, who cares? Are they helpful? Do they get you the life that you want? If that thought is not helping you build a life that you are obsessed with, that you love, it is not worth feeding. It's just not. So that for me is the most helpful filter. Does this thought help me be who I want to be, live the life I want to live, get what I want? If the answer is no, challenge it. Ignore it. Don't feed it. Any of the above are good options. So now we have all those questions. I will go through them one more time because people forget. <laughs> and I don't want you to forget. I want you to remember. Have I had any experiences that show that this thought is not completely true all of the time. When I'm not feeling this way, how might I feel about this situation differently? Does anything contradict my thoughts that I might be discounting as not important? I think I actually skipped that one. <laughs> I'm super good at this. Does anything contradict my thoughts that I might be discounting? A lot of us have perception bias, which means that we will ignore evidence that disprove our thoughts. For example, people who think the earth is flat, ignore the fact that math exists. Okay, are you ignoring evidence that disprove your thought just because you wanna believe it? Are you convincing yourself that your dumpster fire of a partner is really a good partner, even though all evidence points to them being a dumpster fire? Okay, we have to pay attention to evidence. Are you jumping to conclusions that are not justified by evidence? Like saying, hey, is <laughs> David decided that there was a convict on the loose when there was no evidence for that? If someone who loves me knew I was thinking this thought, what would they say to me about this thought? What evidence would they point out that maybe it's not 100% true? How might someone else view this situation if it were happening to them? What happened last time I was worried about this? Did it work out? Was it okay? Was it a dumpster fire? If it was a dumpster fire, let's just problem solve that. Huzzah. Do I know this thought is factually true or do I just feel like it's true? If this thought is factually true, sometimes it is, what's the worst thing that can happen? 
let's just plan for that. What's the worst thing that happens? What would I do then? Okay, then what? Okay, then what? Until, oh, okay, it's actually problem solvable. Again, everything is problem solvable. Is this the only way to think about this? What are some other ways? How is this thought keeping me stuck? I can never get a new job because I'll just hate the next one. Okay, yeah, that seems super legit. But I can't tell you how many people stay with a job they hate. Well, the next place will be just like this. Will it? Because you'll literally be in a different company. <laughs> so like that is, that is not a thing. Uh, our last one. Is this thought helpful? Does it get me the life that I want? Again, even if it's factual, dig up, is it helpful? If it doesn't get you the life that you want to want, that, <laughs> that made no sense. If it doesn't get you the life that you want, why are we feeding it? That makes no sense. And then we're going to replace this thought with a new one. So you can either replace it with something that's like the opposite. If you say, I can't do it, we'll say, I can do it. Or you can go a little more neutral, which sometimes is an easier jump for people, where you can say, I could do it. I might be able to do it. I think I can do it. I can try. It may be different. It may be better. I can get through even if it's bad. All of those things are true. Okay, my little gremlins, go challenge those thoughts. Again, if they don't help you live the life that you want, well, we do win. Let me know in the comments if you're on the YouTubes. Which one of these resonates the most with you? Which one are you planning on using? I like the helpful one. It's my fave. And if you need support, as always, reach out via the Instagram um, at Amanda underscore chills. Have a beautiful day.